0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 551 of the Juicebox Podcast. Do you guys like this opening, or should I go to something else? Friends, hello. Hello, people. Yo, what's up? It's Scott. No. Well, let's stick with what we got, I guess. On today's show, Melanie is here. Melanie has a husband with type 1 diabetes and a child with type 1 diabetes, and we are going to talk all about it. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. There's a little bit of music left here, so I want to remind you that there is a private Facebook page for the podcast it's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It's private so that you can go in there and chat with people about life with type 1 diabetes without prying eyes. There are over 15,000 members right now. And it is an incredibly active page. So if you're just looking for camaraderie or answers, there's plenty of people in there who might be able to help and they're just like you. They're listeners of the podcast. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. There's also a public page called Bold with Insulin, and I'm on Instagram at Juicebox Podcast. Today, the podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise, which I will tell you about a little later. But let's just say this, you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Find out at Omnipod.com. Forward slash juicebox. The show is also brought to you today by the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor, and that you'll learn more about and get started with at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. I don't know which one of my URLs is the favorite to say, but I do like the way dexcom.com. Ooh, my voice just cracked there. <clears throat> we'll do it again. Dexcom.com forward slash. Ju- I like the way it bounces back and forth. Dexcom.com forward slash I think it's the com com thing and I'm overly simplistic so but I mean there's nothing wrong with Omnipod.com forward slash juice box I'm just saying Dexcom.com anyway here we go Melanie
1: I'm Melanie I live in Utah but I was born and raised in Virginia I have a husband and a son that are type one
0: You didn't say your last name, which you don't need to, but I'm just going to say that whenever I see your name pop up on my schedule, it feels like you were named by like Stan Lee or a Marvel writer or something
1: like that. Well, I mean, I married into the name. So my maiden name is Jones, which (laughs) is... Really easy and plain, but yes, I. And when I started dating my husband, and he said his last name was Melantine, I was like, "Oh, this is not going to be great. You're like if you I could marry this guy.
0: You could easily be Spider Man's girlfriend with a name like that. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I'll take it.
0: But <laughs> that a little, wait, Do you like that boy? That's the Spider Man now.
1: Um. No, I like Joey Maguire, like the original one.
0: Oh, wait, Toby Maguire?
1: Sorry. Toby McGuire, all the way Sorry.
0: back. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. Could you showing yeah, your did. age? Anybody <laughs> under twenty just now was like, "Oh, she's so wrong about that."
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, and all of my children, I am so wrong about that too. But yeah,
0: I, I stood in a line with Arden a couple of years ago for hours so she could meet uh, the kid who's Spider Man right now. And Which
1: I wish I could say his name, but I can't remember off the top stuff of my like head. That. It's <laughs>
0: slipping for me off the top of my head. But I'm going to just tell you that the countless thousands of girls that were there for that it was in a giant auditorium and the line just snaked around forever and it was like you were next you went in got next to him threw your best pose on he was like thank you and you were like shoved right out the back of the thing (laughs) it was fascinating um and she was still like overwhelmed at all the things she thought she said and didn't say and I was like, the whole thing took eight seconds. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> anyway, at one point during this conversation, his name will pop into my head. Um,
1: yeah, or maybe mine. My kids are gonna be super disappointed in me. That you couldn't think can't of it off the back.
0: Out, I, I can picture no. him. I know he's British.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's where I that's where I'm stuck. It'll come to me. Anyway, um, so you don't have type one. Is it just a three person family? Is it you, your child no. and your husband, or are there more kids?
1: There's a bunch more. Okay. Kids, so.
0: Did you come yeah. to me through the Secret Underground Railroad that I have in Utah?
1: Yeah, I, I must have. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the show is so incredibly popular in Utah and I um I don't understand why sometimes. But uh okay, so who was well, I guess let's start here. How long ago did you get married?
1: Um I've been married 27 years.
0: Okay. 27 years. And when was your husband diagnosed? Um,
1: 2019. So just barely. Like, oh. we're, he was diagnosed when he was 48. All
0: right. So you guys sometimes. were married like a 25 years before he was diagnosed.
1: Yeah. Which gotcha. I'm not sure you've interviewed a wife yet who, yeah, was married so long and then had their husband...
0: Yeah, you know I mean, that's it's really interesting because you, I assume that after twenty five years you feel like you're on the back nine already. Like you just sort of feel like you're gonna, your kids are gonna get a little older and you'll retire and <laughs> things yeah, like that'll happen. Yeah, I
1: mean like we this. had a lot of teenagers at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean we we still have a lot of teen. They just keep coming. So I have seven children. Right. so a lot. So, um, yeah. So we had a lot. Of, uh, we were in like. While we still are, the hard part, I would say, of raising kids and being married, Mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, he had all of the classic diabetes symptoms, but nowhere ran in anyone. I mean, it runs in my family. Huge. I I have an uncle who has it, and I had a cousin who has had it, and then, um, it's on my dad's side too. So. But never, that was never really on our radar. And then the typical story, he was diagnosed with type 2 wrongly Mm -hmm. um, four or five years ago. And then changed his diet, started exercising, lost weight. And then when he went back to the doctor, they were like, you're done with diabetes. Like, you're good. You're healthy. And then he went... To, just to a random, um, appointment, like, why can't I think of the name of
0: like that? a GP your general practitioner? Yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Just to check up my oldest son wanted to go. And so he was like, well, let's make an appointment. We'll go together. And he went and he would, he had was concerned enough about the fact that he'd been pre-diabetic before mm-hmm. and type two or Whatever that he went in fasting and said, I I want a a glucose number. And they ran it and (laughs) they called him and said, So, did you eat a box of donuts on the way here? And he said, No, I just, I actually came in fasting because I wanted an accurate number. And they were like, This can't be right. Um, Let's. Why don't you come in again and make sure you're fasting? And when they when he went in again, I think he was over five hundred and they called him and said, How sick are you? Like, are you so sick right now? Do you need to go to the ER right? And he was like, What are you talking about? I feel great. I wow. feel fine. I feel like I do every day.
0: So it and- seems like, first of all, I have to say I would not be a good doctor because I found myself thinking <laughs> I would have just asked if his pancreas was tired because you have seven kids. But <laughs> right. um seriously I like just in general, I'd be like, oh, maybe you're just tired. Uh, But if he came in type two, four or five years ago, did he have weight to lose?
1: So I would say then he did maybe a little have a little bit of and he wasn't super fit. He wasn't really exercising a lot. And he so he had um, just changed jobs and his stress level was off the charts at that time too. So there were lots of things going on with him when that happened. And so this was a different doctor that he saw the second time though. Maybe the first doctor would have put it together, but there was never even a follow-up and it was probably at least three years between those two, like when he'd seen a doctor last and then saw this doctor. When
0: you say he changed jobs, did you mean he... I'm sorry. I feel like his job is having sex with you and then watching you have a baby. <laughs> but no, I don't, so, so well, go- <laughs> I'm
1: trying to think how old our youngest was then. Um, But yeah, no, uh, he yeah changed his his, his job profession. that brings home the. So money. there's a lot
0: going on in his life, and this happens. He diets down a little bit, and then the doctor's like, "Hey, you, your blood sugar was high." I said to you, "You should lose weight." You lost weight. This is over now. But he was probably just honeymooning on and off. I would imagine. Oh yeah,
1: for yeah. sure. And he, I mean, he went mostly keto, which wasn't called that then. But what, yeah. whatever. I think it they was, call that low like, carb back then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just meat. Right. At- Atkins probably was more. The yeah. More- low
0: carb for people who don't like broccoli is how I always thought of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So he, I mean, I. Probably because he changed his diet and he was honeymooning. It all just kind of...
0: Blurred together. Yeah. yeah, And he felt okay.
1: Yes. Ish. He took metformin for probably six months. Mm-hmm. He has an iron stomach. He can eat anything. So where metformin normally makes people really sick and not feel well, he was fine okay. on it. And I'm sure that helped, too, I guess. I mean... I don't know. There's differing opinions on that, right? Well, on met- whether Metformin will actually help anyone with type 1. Well,
0: well I know, what I do know is that Metformin is used off-label for weight loss by some doctors. Oh, yeah, so for sure. So there's that, yeah. I guess, yeah. value there if he was looking to lose weight. Um, okay, so so after that happens, after he's kind of given a clean bill of health from his type 2 diabetes, how long does it take for him to realize he's not okay?
1: I. I He really didn't see a doctor again for probably three years. And to be 100% honest, he didn't go because he didn't feel good. He went because my son wanted to go. And he was like, well, I can get him in if I go.
0: Yeah, he was just... so he just went. Yeah. Yeah. He was just there, so he did it.
1: So, yeah. And that's funny because I would say that I said to him before he went, you're going to be diabetic again. And he thought I was crazy. And I said, you're drinking... Time, on not alcohol, but always drinking liquid. Like he would sit at a dinner and drink an entire two liter bottle. Oh, jeez so,
0: Cause he was so, and he didn't notice that as odd.
1: No, he just thinks that social for him. And he, he, he is a big drinker in general. Like right. he drinks a lot of liquid in a day. Gotcha. More than most, but
0: people. you saw it.
1: Yeah. I, it was, it was an extreme that I thought, And um, now looking back, I can see all of the type one symptoms, Mm. but I didn't know then that that's why he was acting the way that he was acting. So if that makes sense,
0: it does, but I want to know how he was acting. Okay. So, well,
1: yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think it's important. It's an important story actually. And we do need to talk about how the doctor almost killed him when they were, when he was diagnosed, but um, he, it was hard. Marriage was hard right then, like for probably really for two years, but I could, I can even pin it back to when he was diagnosed with type two mm-hmm. and then kind of back and forth. And, and we had older kids and teenagers that were doing things that were stressful and hard. So marriage was hard then anyway. Yeah. But um some of those classic symptoms of just not being able to remember and your brain being foggy and you just not not really being all the way there. I mean, they really do say when your blood sugar's high or when your blood sugar's low, that it's like you're drunk. Like your brain doesn't work
0: the same way as it should the
1: same way, right? Yeah. It's it's um we are altered well, I mean, have yes. you ever heard me altered. say?
0: Have you ever heard me say that I think that one of the one of the very important reasons that you should work on keeping your blood sugar in a stable lower range is because you get to then be who you're supposed to be you yeah. know you don't recognize that um how that's why I shared with people how out of whack I was when my iron was really low because I was difficult to be around like I just i I was very short tempered and um Things that just don't make a person upset would make me upset. The the tiniest thing, and I was just like a hundred miles an hour in one direction, like it was the most important thing in the world. And we had to get it fixed, and you know, or whatever it was, or um, I just was, it was unbalanced. And you could come off like an asshole, like you really could. Like for somebody just from the outside, they could just look at you and go, "Oh, interesting." Melanie's husband sort of turned into a jerk, and then that's you know, and you don't recognize it because it's happening to you it happens to you in the beginning slowly enough that you don't see it it's not like breaking a bone you can't just go wow my arm hurts now something must be wrong it just happens so slowly you know but yeah
1: um, and i would say i mean i think he had his jerk moments like i would say more it was that he was foggy all mm-hmm. the time so he couldn't remember that there was an appointment or he couldn't remember what he was supposed to do that day to help me with the kids or he couldn't and and I would have to remind him over and over and over again about things. And he would get so mad at me, like when he would keep asking and I would keep answering. I'm like, why do I have to tell him so many times? And he just thought it was normal. Like, well, I'm working, I work full time and I, we have all these kids and I just can't remember. But I was like, we've been married a long time and you, you could remember yeah. before now. I felt like I could count on you before now. And right now, I feel like, I can't count on you, which when you have that many kids and are going through all that, you need to feel that way. Yeah. Right.
0: I don't believe this is germane to the story, but just cause I, it keeps coming <laughs> up in my head. What are the age okay. ranges of your children? Like what's your youngest and oldest right now?
1: So right now my youngest is nine and my oldest will be 22 in June. So he's 21.
0: That's not even that big of a gap. <laughs> yeah. They're
1: all two years apart, except I have a set of twins that are number two and three. And then the last two are four years apart. So.
0: so the nine, there's nine, 13, some twins in the middle, the older ones. I got gotcha. you. All right. I think I didn't count two of them when I was just doing that. But there's, wow, that's cool. And you're okay? Like your uterus didn't fall out or anything like that? Everything's fine on your end?
1: <laughs> Everything is fine on my end. I'm very healthy.
0: I also yes. want people listening to know that I didn't say on your end as a pun. It just came out that way. <laughs> so, sorry. Um <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's like that blah blah blah. You notice it, but you notice it as behavior.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't I definitely didn't connect it.
0: Right. There's no right. reason you would. Right. Yeah. But yeah. And, but now you're saying hindsight knowing more about type 1 diabetes it's all completely obvious.
1: Yeah, well, and how how much he changed after diagnosis and then getting his blood sugar in a reasonable range
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. so not like, foggy
0: anymore able to keep up
1: yeah just yeah, yeah like more reasonable like more like my partner yeah. like he was before
0: so now yeah. if he doesn't do something that you uh, expect <laughs> him to do you can just yell at him
1: well I do often question his <laughs> blood sugar
0: <laughs> so you find yourself in the same position as a parent does where I know I have said to Arden in the past we're going to test your blood sugar and if it's not low or high you're in trouble <laughs>
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> a little bit. There's a little bit of that, yeah. Like, are you acting like this because your blood sugar's funny, or You're
0: just not are you wanna... really
1: mad? Or are you really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. it's interesting too because after the, I can tell you from my own personal experience, is that after this, something like this happens to you, and then it's found out and understood, the next time you actually are legitimately upset or tired, then people look at you like, "Oh, is this the thing again?" Or <laughs> you, you know, yeah. or is he just tired? Or. Like there's sometimes like I'll I'll like raise my voice and I'm like I want everyone to know I'm fine. This is just angering <laughs> me. <laughs> um, it, but it put, it brings everything into question for a while. So he's diagnosed for for certain 2019.
1: It was July of 2019. Okay. Yes, but well, so he was. They diagnosed him type two, but they looked at him and said, "You don't look like a type two because." This time he lost weight. Okay. So he did the typical, like, he, so he lost probably 15 pounds before he went in, but he had started working out. So he attributed it to this. He's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Lifting weights that he was doing. And I was like, that was a really fast weight loss. <laughs>
0: No one gets into shape in seven days.
1: Well, men, <laughs> men do have an easier time, I will say. But I was like, that is really fast for right. you.
0: even too fast yeah. for that. Okay. Um, so 2019, he goes back to the doctor with a problem. They hit him with the type 2 again. Um, yeah,
1: but they looked at him and said, we really probably don't think you're type 2. Let's do the test to see if you're type 1.
0: So they say it just like it's a knee-jerk reaction, but at least they followed through with the antibody testing.
1: Yeah, they did. And he, he went to an endocrinologist, but in the meantime, they prescribed Lantus for him, a long acting. Okay. And they sent him, well, so they prescribed it, but she said to him, I usually have a sample pen needle here, but I don't have one today. So basically it's like a pen and you put a needle on the end and you grab your stomach and, I mean, really, honestly, that was the most he was taught how to give himself a shot. Wow. Was this random. And and then she prescribed 40 units of long-acting insulin for him to give to himself at night before he went to bed.
0: 40 units. Hold on a second.
1: I'm, yeah. Uh-huh. 40,
0: <laughs> Does he weigh like 250 pounds? Um, no. No? He didn't,
1: I'm pretty <laughs> sure he didn't even weigh 200 pounds at the time. And... So I think he, he ordered a meter. I mean, it was all very like I'm supposed to do this, but we didn't really, I mean, the most I really knew about diabetes was that my uncle had it, Mm -hmm. that no one ever gets it when they're that old. So he kept saying, I think I must be type one. They're testing me for it. And I kept rolling my eyes and saying, you're not type one. No one gets diagnosed with type one this late in life. Like that doesn't make sense. And I mean, now I can look back and go, yeah, with that number, of course you were. And with, but anyway, you know. Who would
0: know? I I mean, unless you have my job, like I've, I believe I've (laughs) interviewed someone at every age range, probably up to like 64. Yeah. That have been diagnosed with type one. So it's crazy now. It it just, you know, it's not what it, it, it's not thought of the same anymore, but it really does. Marketing works, I guess, you know, calling it juvenile diabetes for so long has it etched into the minds of a number of generations. Like it's going to take, it's going to take more generations for people to grow up with like, Oh, I remember that. Like my mom was diagnosed at 48 and then no one will think of it that way anymore, but it'll take a lot of time. So, yeah. or, so he went home and gave himself 40 units before he went to bed. Well,
1: so he was kind of slow about the whole thing because I think his test results haven't come back yet to say for sure he was type one. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of thought, well, I can just change my diet. And it will fix it. Yeah. But he was testing his blood sugar and he, it wasn't fixing it. And so he went and picked up the prescription, brought it home. It had probably been a week right. maybe since she prescribed it. And, of course, he's taking metformin and all the things that they prescribe for type 2s. And um, And he's standing in the bathroom about ready to give himself the shot. And I'm like, Kate, I don't understand insulin at all what, what if, I mean, and you just have these vague understandings, right? So I'm like, I think you can pass out and have a seizure. Like what if I, what if something happens? And he was like, well, you can just give me juice. And I'm like, we don't have juice. We don't. and, And how do I know when and how much? And, and I have a sister who's a nurse and my best friend is a surgical PA. And I said to him, we can call one or the other of those women and ask them one, whether 40 units seems right, because the pen only holds 200 or something. And I was like, that is a lot of that pen yeah, to be giving yourself at one time.
0: That's an interesting feeling. Like, yeah, like the, what, this pen only lasts five days like that. Right. Like, yeah. Is that how that works?
1: And you've never taken insulin ever in your life and that's the amount that you're supposed to take like all those things just seemed
0: so i want to pick this apart for a second so just for context yeah. is your husband the kind of guy that would jump off a zip line go bungee jumping <laughs> or try heroin for fun is he any
1: probably not the heroin but he yes the he's been stuff, skydiving yes. okay. he's been bungee jumping he's done all yeah so
0: there's no mechanism in his brain to go don't do this somebody said it so it'll work like you know when you like when you get to the rainforest and the zip line's going through I'm a person who looks at that and goes, oh, I'm not getting on that because I don't know anything about the people who put this up or what if I fall here? And like, I, I, I don't do that. I go, no, no, thank you. Or I watch a thousand people do it first and then I go, okay, now I'll try it. Uh, um, so he had that vibe. You were, you were, women listening are just like, see, men would just be dead without us. And, uh, <laughs> and so you were smart enough to kind of pick through the details of it. Um, but I think what's most important is that I don't believe this is an incredibly uncommon story.
1: No, I don't I don't think it is yeah. either. I don't.
0: And now knowing as much as you know about type 1 diabetes, it is a fascinating statement that someone was like, here's this thing vaguely this is how it works let me just rando pick a number out of the air go give this out to yourself before you go to bed <laughs> like you know yeah. so if something happens while you're sleeping you could just drift off <laughs> and uh
1: well i definitely would have woken up to a dead husband i don't think there's any way i wouldn't have 40 units what? he takes 13
0: i was gonna say that was my question how much does he actually need because <laughs> <laughs> i well, was and
1: 13 now so when he started he really probably needed about nine yeah 10. who
0: even knows right like it just You would think that there would have been some sort of – I can't believe that anybody used a mathematical equation to come up with 40 for him at that weight. Like, I honestly think – and this is random and please, I'm not a doctor and this is not a mathematical equation. But I would think if you were going to say 40 – like if if it occurred to me to tell an adult to use 40 units of Lantus the first time, I would have to think that their blood sugars were in the – I don't know – 800s and they weighed in excess of 250 pounds maybe and that's just like random thinking about it like i would think if he's a a a guy around 180 200 i I think maybe we maybe we'll land around 1.5 units an hour like if he's on a pump so I, i then i'd be around 24 to 30 and i'd still probably end up saying why don't we try 15 to start like in this specific scenario, you know, it doesn't make well, any sense. But
1: that's an endo, right? So this right. is just a general practitioner who probably knows very little about any of it, right? Really? <laughs> who who I mean, just I'm opened a drawer school. and was like, look
0: what I have. It's a Lantus
2: pen."
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I'm in nursing school and I will tell you, they just taught us how to mix NPH and regular insulin. Right. And I was like, no one does this yeah. anymore. This isn't even a thing. But so they just teach you. Not enough. Right. Right. So she didn't know enough. I don't know if she Googled like <laughs> someone who has an average blood sugar of 500, how much long acting insulin would they? I have no idea. And where I have the to tell you, even from. if he
0: was, say he was, say he was really elevated, say his blood sugar was super high, the 40 might not have got him the first day. But once his blood right. sugar came down, the next day it was going to be a huge mistake. Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe the basil would have, I mean, obviously, if you use way too much basil, and something will drop your blood sugar. So maybe it would, have, but I don't know. And you don't even have a meter, really. Like, there's no context for any of it.
1: No, That's it, interesting. it was yeah. So, um, so we, I think we called my sister, who's a nurse, and she was like, "Yeah, that seems like a lot." I mean, she works in an emergency department, so she doesn't know a ton, but she was like, "That does seem like a lot." And so I think we decided to do 10. Okay. We're like, let's just do a fourth of it. Mm-hmm. So we did 10 and I want to say that it, that it worked. Okay. I think he's built up to 13 and I think there's been times that he's been under 10.
0: Yeah. I would imagine. But,
1: um, but he's MDI still. And he actually only takes long acting. He still, doesn't still this for males. Um, yeah.
0: Does he not need to, or does he not do it? Because your face is telling me he shouldn't, he doesn't. <laughs> but you got you got seven kids, and you need to get them all through college. So you're just gonna like, what is it you're saying?
1: Well, but, okay, so I mean, we could. Uh, you're married, yeah. <laughs> um, so you can't really tell them what to what you think they sh- well, you can kind of tell them what they you think maybe they should do, but they get to do whatever they want to do. And his blood sugar is good. Don't get me wrong, right? It's good. He mostly eats meat. Oh, um, so he's on a lower
0: car. So he's decided to do it this way.
1: Well, I yes, I I think he read some things that said that you can slow it down if you if you don't tax it the pancreas. So he's like, trying like, to hold on to his
0: honeymoon that. a little bit.
1: Yeah, which I think mostly is working. It's but it is going like we're watching it slowly go, and he's watched. He has a libre, mm-hmm. so he. He is aware of his blood sugar, but Libra's you have to scan. They don't just; it's not a constant feed. Right. So, but he does scan all the time, like all day. He knows where he's at. Overnight is different, <clears throat> but um, which is hard. I, it's stressful for me as a wife because I have a son who I'm who has a Dexcom, so I get his alarms.
0: I I think and- it's interesting like, <laughs> that. If I had your husband on this show to tell this exact same story, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they thought I had type two, and then I went on a diet, and then it was type one, and now I use MDI." It would probably be the whole story, right? Like it, it takes an ounce.
1: Actually, he he really likes to drag those stories out. Oh, so he would have checked. Oh yeah.
0: Well, yeah, but he might have told a story nobody cared about. Like so, like oh you,
1: for sure, you,
0: <laughs> there would have been a lot of details <laughs> where you are like, I don't understand why it's important that it was at twelve thirty and it was cloudy outside. <laughs> um, but no, I think it takes. I mean honestly, like, you know, I, I I'm not gonna denigrate I'm obviously a male who's a caregiver and I'm I'm pretty good at it, but most guys are just like it didn't kill me, it's good. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it that, that's the the level of concern we I'm watching my son deal with something he's never dealt with before and he explain the details to him and then ask him an hour later and he's like I don't know, I wasn't listening. I was like, Great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it is really it is really kind of super interesting. So he's managing MDI with a Libre. Um, how? I have a lot of questions. How? Hmm, how long after his diagnosis does your child? And which one of your kids is it? Wh- let's okay. do like this. Let's call the twenty-two-year-old number one, and then nine-year-old number seven. Which number kid has diabetes? Six. Wow! Look at how quickly you did that. So the 14-year-old, right?
1: He is, he'll be 13 13, excuse me. Okay, Mm -hmm. he's
0: 13. All right. And he got it not long after your husband?
1: So three months.
0: That is not long after your husband. No. Was there like any moment where you're like, is this contagious?
1: (laughs) Well, that's actually a funny story because then three other kids in our neighborhood were diagnosed within a year. So there was a lot of like, what? people thought how you know it's
0: funny when you sent that in your note my thought was like from a reasonable macro perspective that there are a handful of people who live in your area who have the markers for type 1 diabetes who were likely to get it at some point in their life and then maybe some sort of a virus or something went through the town and then it 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 kicked it in for these people
1: yeah that's my take too yeah but i think some of the moms of course tried to really dig in and see if they could find a cause somewhere, which you do mm-hmm. because this is grief, right? Yeah. That, and so, and that's the first thing is figure out the why, try and find the why. Um, and I, I think, I'm sure I did that too at the beginning, but at some point you're just like, it doesn't actually matter Yeah. why yeah. we got to do this.
0: It's not 5G. So. And even if I could figure it out, it doesn't matter. And I can't move. I, that's the other thing I think too, like I can't just move. Like, like, imagine if there was something that was happening around your house. The, the, once everyone knew and all the houses went up for sale, like, you know what I mean? Like, what would you really do? Like, you are kind of stuck a little bit where you live. Like, once you're an established family, it would be hard. Um, yeah. I I mean, if, I, if you told me I had to bug out of here and I had to sell my house because I don't have the money to go buy another house without this house being sold, I don't know. It could probably take me years to leave here. Like, if I, you know what I mean? So, yeah. not that you would, just... And I do agree with the idea of you have to come up with, well, you don't have to, but it hits you so strongly that you want to know why it happened. Um, Oh, for sure. And I don't know why. Like, what do you do with that information once you learn, you know? Is it just to make yourself feel like you didn't do it?
1: Like it's not your fault?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder about that sometimes, too. Because I felt like that a little bit. There was a long time where I actually found myself wondering, were you always washing your hands before you were cooking for Arden? Like, like, and I do, and I'm sure there have been times that I haven't, but that's how ridiculous that thing happened to me. Like, I need to figure out what happened. I'm sure I did this to her. You, you know, like, yep. like, how did I do this? Because she was really little. So, you know.
1: Yeah, it is a little helpful that my husband was diagnosed before my son because I for sure would have blamed me and not because it's, I have so much of it on my side of the family. So I'm like, well... I, I mean, I guess it could still be for me, for him, but I couldn't have given it to my husband. So.
0: Right. You're just like, there's enough <laughs> doubt in here to make me feel better about this.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I watch it happen to my wife because there's so much uh, different autoimmune stuff on my wife's side of the family. I know she feels badly, like somehow it's her fault, yeah. which is ridiculous too. You know, you, know,
1: you can't prevent it. Yeah. But, yeah. And,
0: and even at that, I'm just going to come out and say it. That was a weird place for an ad break. I just couldn't find the right spot. And I was like, oh, I just gonna have to pick a place. I, I pride myself usually on doing a better job. All right, I'll just do a great job on the ads then and make up for it. Ready? Omnipod.com forward slash juice You go there and you find out if you're eligible for a free 30 day trial of the Omnipod dash. This is a free use of an insulin pump for 30 days. What am I saying here? Am I saying something crazy? Maybe, but it's real. Go find out if you're eligible. Are you thinking to yourself, oh, I would, Scott, but I heard Omnipod's got some other stuff coming and I want to wait for that. Well, I hear that. I understand how you may feel, but understand this. Omnipod has the Omnipod promise. Ooh, what is that you want to know? Well, here's what it says. Super simple. The Omnipod promise says this. If you're waiting for that next big thing, you don't have to, because with the Omnipod promise, you can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they're available to you and covered by insurance. Terms and conditions apply, but you can find out all the details at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. So if you're a person who's sitting there thinking, I'm going to wait a little longer, I want to see what the next thing is. You don't have to do that. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Just go now. You're all covered. Speaking of covered, Australia, y'all just got covered with the Omnipod as well. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox AU to get started. That's for Australians. You guys got your own link. Pretty special. Speaking of special, look at me. I'm just boom, boom, boom. You can't stop me. I'm selling baby. Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Why do you want it? Well, should be obvious by now, but in case it isn't, let me go over it with you. Rate and direction. That's right. How fast and in what direction? Rate and direction. Is my blood sugar rising? Is it falling? Is it rising two points per minute? One point per minute? More? Dexcom will tell you that. That's valuable information to have. It also gives you the number of your blood sugar. Actually, Arden's blood sugar right now is 160. She was out driving. She's a licensed driver now. And she started getting a little low, right? Her blood sugar started to drift down. So she got an alarm and she ate some fruit snacks. Then her and her friend stopped to get a little froyo. She didn't do a great job of bolusing because she didn't think to cover the fruit snacks. So she got a little rise right now. So as soon as we saw that rise going up, I texted her and I said, hey, what's going on? She said, I just had frozen yogurt. And I was like, oh, okay, did you bolus us for the fruit snacks for your low blood sugar? And she went, mm, I didn't. I said, okay, we'll do that now. Put that insulin in, stop the rise, it leveled off, and now it's coming back. Do you think you could have figured that out without the Dexcom G6? Uh, no, I don't think I could have. Nobody could have. I mean, what do I, what do I, can, I just, can I tell the future? I can't. But Dexcom can show you what's happening. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You'll want to know how I've kept my daughter's A1C in the fives for like seven years while she's eating froyo? Shouldn't be much of a surprise to you. It's omnipod, it's Dexcom, it's accurate meters, it's the stuff you hear about on the podcast. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Please support the sponsors. I sometimes look at my kids and I think, am I ever going to, like, pull them aside and tell them, hey, you know, if you have kids, there's going to be a higher likelihood that they have an autoimmune disease, right? Like, am I going to put that in their head or not? And, like, it seems wrong to say it to them. And it seems like bad parenting not to say it to them. I don't know if that makes sense or not.
1: Kids are pretty smart. I mean, I would assume they'll connect it at some point. But I, we kind of had to connect that because I did trial net with all the rest of my kids. Because at that point, I'm like, oh, okay, there's seven of you. Yeah. If we're doing statistics-wise, at least one more of you will have it.
0: Right. I got to start selling so, off the furniture and saving money if, if all <laughs> seven of you are going to get this. <laughs> what did you find out in trial net?
1: None of them have the markers.
0: No. Just just lucky 14. Or lucky, lucky lucky number six, excuse me. His,
1: his name is Marcus. Well, you can call him Marcus or gonna, number six. I was into, I was going to call this
0: episode lucky number six, but we'll see. <laughs> you,
1: so I want to. I have to pick a teeny bone with you about that. So when you first made the show, you would say you would threaten or say like that's going to be the name, and then it was never the name, never. But lately. I'd say like 50% of the time, it's really the name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what ends up happening is while I'm recording, it strikes me like, oh, that might be a good title for the episode. And then when I go back and edit, I find something that I like better. Or, and this is true, and I've said this already, um, if the title, if a great title comes up too early in the episode, I don't use it. Because I'm so afraid like at at 15 minutes in, you'll be like, oh, that's why they named it this. I don't need to listen to the rest of it. (laughs) I've I've
1: never wanted to stop listening. I will tell you that. Thank you. I I have very
0: weird uh, theories about how to make the podcast popular. So
1: (laughs) have you you made it yet? Because I I would say it's probably really popular. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it is. uh, But I'm so if you can kind of separate these things, I'm a person who is incredibly interested in helping people with type one diabetes, like genuinely and sincerely. I'm also competitive. And with myself and with the classic interpretation of success. So I'm trying to do better for myself. I'm trying to be better than the masses. And I won't do, I won't chase those things if it hurts helping people with diabetes. So I'm trying to find a way to help people with type 1 diabetes and have a massive podcast in the global sense and always feel like I'm doing better. So this yeah. So the, so this <laughs> month this month there was 150 times more downloads than there was the first month of the podcast. But then I see that number and it immediately feels like, well, why can't I just get to this number then? Like like why can't I? Get I it. So that it just that's how it works for me. And uh and I and I treat this podcast very seriously like a To me, it's a business and it's a public trust at the same time, like in my mind. So um, it's doing
1: a lot of good for sure. It's an awesome thing.
0: I appreciate it. for sure. It is. uh, Yeah, I'll be happy when everyone who has a cell phone in America, uh, UK, Australia, New Zealand and a couple of other places in Europe all are listening to the podcast, whether they have diabetes or not. Like I want people to be like, I don't have type one, but I love that show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he's he's funny, yeah i, I don't you're think really good happening. at it. I have a brother who runs a podcast and I'm always like, you should really I know there's no one like you're not interested in diabetes, but you should listen because Scott's really good at this.
0: I appreciate that. So. I like talking to people and I like moreover, I think that I think that everyone has a great story. You just have to be willing to not judge them and listen for it. And not prejudge them. Like it's fun to joke that you have seven kids. I mean, because
2: <laughs> it's, why not? Because
0: well, I mean, how are you not going to? I, if you're a person who meets a person with seven children and doesn't look at them and go, "Holy Christ, are you okay?" Like I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. But uh, it, but it can't be the it can't be the focus of the whole thing. You can't decide. You know. Um. Again, the reason the titles of the show are so kind of wonky is because not one of these episodes is about anything specific. Except the pro tips and the defining diabetes. They're specifically about them. And still sometimes there, we drift away a little bit to have to have a real conversation, not just feel like somebody's reading through bullet points that anyone could learn on the internet if they wanted to, you know? So there's yep. something about how you deliver it, I think. But that's a lot of high-minded talk about podcasting uh, that nobody cared about. Okay. So, <sighs> okay, Marcus, I was going to say number six, but I see you're where you're finished. going with this, um, Either way. is diagnosed... And now you're in charge instead of your husband's in charge. Super interesting. Why did how did so how did that go differently?
1: Actually, it's really interesting. So he he classic symptoms, lost a bunch of weight, peeing all the time, super sick. He plays football. So I'll be honest, I have a lot of kids. I don't weigh them and pay attention to their weight really like would be enough to notice you've lost a significant, you know, or, yeah. but he had weigh-ins for football. And then six weeks later, he weighed himself in my bathroom and he's like, ah, I've lost 15 pounds. And I'm like, no, you're 12 or actually he was 11 mm-hmm. at the time. And, and he's like, no, mom, I, I for sure did. Cause I had weigh-ins. So I really did weigh that much. And, He had been sick and lethargic, but still playing football, still going to practice every day. So it's one of those where you're like, hey, you're tired, but you're doing this. And he, we're we're big eaters and big carb eaters. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a huge plate of pancakes before a football game one day. And he went to the football game and he threw up the entire football game. He couldn't play really well. He'd play and then he'd come out and he'd throw up a bunch and then I I can do it. And I wasn't at the game. My husband was there and he was like, Marcus is really not doing well. He doesn't, he's sick. And so thought he had the flu. He came home, slept the rest of the day. We got up the next day. He kind of felt like eating, which when your kids have the flu and then they feel like eating, You put carbs in them, like bread, juice. So he had bread and juice. And I think my mother-in-law sent home the apple juice container with us. And it was like a half a gallon apple juice container or something. And I think he drank the entire thing and got so sick that I finally just looked at my husband. I'm just, I'm taking him to the ER. I don't know. Maybe and he's had bowel issues in his life. And we've kind of tried to figure out allergy problems for a minute. We thought he was lactose intolerant. We took him off dairy for a while. Um, and he he was kind of a random thrower-upper anyway. Like, he would just randomly throw up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I, I was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe as a bowel obstruction, I called my friends who are medical people. And they were like, I appendicitis maybe i don't know so i took him in the weight loss was concerning to the nurse practitioner i think that was talking to us Go I, ahead.
0: i was gonna say to you when you said 15 pounds it's clear you have more experience raising children than i do because i would have went in a private room locked the door and thought marcus has cancer like <laughs> like seriously that's how it would have hit me right away i would have been like like kids that age don't lose 15 pounds we're in trouble. Um but you 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 stayed pretty steady through it for a little bit like looking for reasonable cuz you know yes people get cancer as children but it's fairly unlikely so but my brain would have jumped right to it. So
1: I will say the yeah. day before when my husband brought him home and he slept the rest of the day. He slept in my bed and I was kind of with him in and out and I I will say I'm spiritual I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um I'm assuming you've assumed by now that I'm a Mormon. Um, you have to
0: be you have all right? the markers. <laughs> if there was a trial net for being a Mormon, I already found your test. I know yes. I'm good. Don't worry. And that's there what I go. meant in the beginning. The podcast is incredibly popular in the Mormon church. And I I will did... tell you
1: my theory about that all if right. you want. That's
0: at the end. But we'll keep that for the, the end. end. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So um, I had a, a pretty strong impression, feeling, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that he was very, very sick. And for me, I did actually go to cancer. So that's interesting that you brought that up because that kind of brought that memory back for me. But, um, yeah, so when I took him, I, I had, I had already made a doctor's appointment for him earlier in the week, but it wasn't until the next Monday. Mm -hmm. So this was Sunday and I was like, I can't wait until Monday. I just, I, I, we need to go right now. And so I took him weight loss but they ordered like an ultrasound and all these things to look at his bowel. And um, I am told, actually the nurse practitioner told us that the minute the doctor on call walked in and saw lost weight, he said he has diabetes. And she was like, no. And she had asked me if there was diabetes in the family and I said, yeah, his dad was just barely diagnosed. And so, but I'm not sure I said type one. Mm-hmm. I probably just said he was just diagnosed, to which everyone's going to go, oh, well, his dad was diagnosed type two then, which doesn't matter for the kid, right? Yeah. Or whatever. But so, yeah. So they dipped his urine and he, it was 866. Wow. That's so, yeah.
0: No kidding. Um, but then you, you does he leave the hospital on MDI? How does he leave the hospital?
1: Um, he did leave the hospital on MDI. We were, we were in an ambulance within about 10 minutes from the hospital we were in up to a primary primary children's, a children's hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, one funny thing is my husband, I called him and I'm like, he has type one diabetes. And he was like, okay, I'm on my way. And he came and he showed up and they're wheeling him out to wheel him into the ambulance. And he's like, well, where are they, where are you going? And I'm like, we're going to the primary, to the children's hospital. And he said, well, now that we know he has type one, we know what to do.
0: Yeah. Let's just give him 40 <laughs> units of Lannis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like, you know, they don't do that. You spend a couple days in the hospital and they educate you. And that is really where we got all the education mm-hmm. for diabetes and yeah. What I mean, was that like
0: for your husband? Was he sitting there thinking, Oh wow, there's a lot to this I didn't understand I should be concerned with or
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And really had not been given any sort of real good he knew high was bad. Mm-hmm. So he was mostly trying to keep his blood sugar between I think sixty and eighty. So even after he was diagnosed, he was low all the time, didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, they say that at first you don't feel good. But he he didn't even really understand the ranges, like the healthy ranges, I think, at that point. Wow. And was living super low, which was also not.
0: Good for him either. Yeah.
1: No. That's yeah. interesting,
0: though. The way he thought about it was he probably was like, I'm dizzy under 60. And a person who doesn't have type 1 diabetes, blood sugar sits around 80 fasting so that was his goal was staying right there yeah that's i'll tell you i'm pretty good at this and i don't think i could keep somebody's blood sugar between 60 and 80 without causing a lot of lows like that's you know
1: i think he had a lot of lows. yeah yeah
0: yeah. i that that's uh that's something else i i but if he's thinking 80s top line then 120 must have seemed like crazy to him i would imagine
1: yeah i I think it was Fairly easy for him to stay pretty stable, low at that point. I think he was still honeymooning really strong mm-hmm. and just on the long acting and probably taking maybe a little too much okay. long acting because there are times when he eats to feed the insulin. We talk about it yeah. on occasion.
0: Yeah, don't feed the insulin. That's not a good plan either. Um, so your son gets his education, which starts, th- yeah. which really just begins to educate your husband and you because. You know, hold a second. Why is someone calling me? A spam risk? Get out of here. I let the phone, if the phone knows it's a spam risk, why does it send me the call? I've never. I, don't picked know, up I
1: get the them phone. too. And my dad would really like to know that. He yeah. likes to complain about that. I a mean, lot.
0: just block it if it's a spam risk. I mean, why does it make <laughs> it to me? Uh, so, so the education's coming. Everyone's really being educated. Yeah. Um, how long does it take for you to put a pump on your son?
1: So we had a CGM 30 days. They make you wait 30 and we, I think it was 30 days Mm -hmm. and I think it was on his arm by 31. And then I started fighting for a pump, maybe at three months. I was already listening to your podcast. So I knew I wanted one and I knew what they did and what I wanted to do. And so I started fighting then. They're very particular, like they have their standard. It's six months. And I said, that's fine. It can be six months, but I'm putting a pump on my kid at six months. I'm not starting the stuff at right. six months. Yeah. So I think I took the class at four, got approved, you know, anyway. So the pump was delivered to our house the day my son turned 12. So he was Octo- He was diagnosed in October and March 10th, I think it showed up at my house. Okay. Wow. So, but then of course, so this is like COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Like COVID starting within a week, maybe. So then, oh, well, we can't train you because you can't come into the office and whatever. And I don't know, maybe the pump magically made it onto his arm without training. Maybe it didn't. He tripped and fell and it stuck to him. I'm not really sure. (laughs) I don't know if when we were doing the training, we already had been using the pump for a few little while, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know,
0: Mom. I yeah. don't know how I got pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <so. laughs>
1: yep.
0: I'm not sure what happened. We went to a movie. Yeah. I swear. Um, There's a
1: lot of YouTube videos on how to set up pumps and how to figure all that out. We have an omnipod. Yeah. So that's what we do. We actually loop. So do you?
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you the um. It's interesting to see people's different people's perspectives on this like you'll see someone who's got some information and they're like we can figure this out and you'll see other people who don't have any information like oh my god don't do anything that the doctor didn't tell you to do it's so it's so like it's very very um i don't want to just reuse the word interesting but i'm fascinated by watching people's different reactions to ideas like that like you know you went to you know you got the pump it's here in the house it's a thing that delivers insulin just like the needles are a thing that delivers insulin. Like there's really no.
1: Well, and it was know. like the most perfect time of any time to start a pump on a kid. You were He's at home, home and still. All day. Yeah. I'm managing everything. And, you know, we just kept saying like, what could, honestly, what could go wrong? Right. And I couldn't find anything that could.
0: Yeah. Well, your common so, sense took over there. That's for sure. Were, are Have you been a nurse your whole time? Or no.
1: No. So I'm in nursing school right now.
0: Yeah. So it's not like you were a nurse and decided to shift to diabetes. Like you decided to be a nurse. Is it from this? From the kids and the husband and everything? So you're just trying to get away from those kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I only have four left at home, which I'm sure for you probably feels like a lot, but for me I'm like, Yeah, four. It's not so bad. Yeah. Um, but um I I think I've always wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be a labor and delivery nurse,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then this, and I was like, "Nope, I want to be a nurse." I, I what I want to be is a certified diabetes educator, which now has a new name. Yeah, but I can't remember what it is. Really long, mm-hmm. and you have to either be an RN or a what Jenny is. Uh,
0: Jenny's a lot of things. Jenny's yeah. got a master. Yeah, the, I don't know. Master's a master's in yeah.
1: I forget. Nutrition.
0: It's funny. I say yeah. it a lot, but I read it every time I say it, just so you know. <laughs> like, every time I introduce Jenny in an episode, I pull this thing up, and I'm like, oh, that's what she is. Yeah. Um, yeah well, that's so how, how far into that are you?
1: Uh, I'm in my ninth week. Wow. You just started. So. Yes. I'm in my first semester. I'm doing an accelerated program, so it's 20 months for my RN, and mm-hmm. then another year for my bachelor's. Good for you. And then to be a CDE. I want to say it's 10,000 hours working with diabetics before you can even test for the certification. For the certification.
0: So you 10,000 hours in a clinic or in an endo setting or something like that. Yeah,
1: which is where I want to be anyway. So. And I my understanding is I'll be doing the same thing. I just won't have the certification yet mm-hmm. and then I'll get it That's hopefully. Amazing.
0: I got a note recently from another listener who said that they're switching their focus. They are a nurse, and they're becoming a CDE, and she said it was because of the show. So one day, a couple of years from now, there will be an episode called I Made a CDE, in case you mm-hmm. wonder, <laughs> because I'm very excited that that someone did that based on listening to the podcast. I, I think that's really cool. So you said you were listening to the show up front, which is how you knew to get the Dexcom and the Omnipod. When? How do you find it?
1: I, I actually was trying to remember and figure out how I found it. I think it must have been online. And I I mean, I was Googling books, right? Books to read or whatever. And I think some and now I am a podcast listener, though. So I probably searched it and found it that way. Yeah.
0: Um, it's interesting that you don't even remember because it was probably such a, a throwaway Thought. Do you know how many podcasts I found that I that I haven't listened to? Like I'm like, oh, I want to listen to that, and I never did. I would if you said to me right now, how did you find that podcast? I I would have no idea. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think
1: anyone told me about it. I've told a ton of people about it who mm-hmm. will say, "Well, I found out about it from Melanie," but um, I I don't think. But I didn't really know anyone to talk to. If I'd been the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth person mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. I might've found out from them, right, you know, right, but I yeah. was the first. So, yeah. So I got to be the one that shares it, but
0: how, how closely does the podcast mimic what you heard in the hospital for your son or does it not?
1: No, it, of, of, of course it doesn't. Okay. I, was <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, I'm actually writing a re, I have to write a research paper for my, for nursing school. And I'm writing about the fear of hypoglycemia okay. that they, that they instill in all of us. To the point that we do not shoot for healthy blood sugars, mm-hmm. period. And, and what a problem that is, because I yeah. think it is. Yeah.
0: Uh, I hear you. Uh, now, how much of that, of what you figured out, makes it to your husband or doesn't it? Like, are they two separate people with diabetes and they don't intersect? Or is one kind of, imp- you know, like changing the other or no like what's the dynamic like
1: i mean obviously i manage my sons like he's involved but i manage it so everything that i learn here i i use with him um and i sprinkle things in here or there or there'll be a really good episode that i think would relate to him better. All the episodes are really good. Just one that might, that he might really resonate with. And I'll say, Hey, you should listen to this one. I mean, he's listened to the loop ones because he helped me set up the loop and he understands. I mean, he's helped. He, he helps with the care as well, but I, I probably am really the primary diabetes caregiver for my son, Mm -hmm. which is, I think a little bit interesting because he has it, but, um, Actually, you've interviewed a couple other moms. It, that works are in a little bit. Yeah. it works the same way. It works the same way.
0: Yeah. What, what, are, what are, Um. what's your husband's versus your son's A1Cs? Are they close to each other?
1: So I don't know. Um, oh. My son's is like 5.6. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I think the last time my husband went, it was in the sixes, but he hasn't seen anyone since before COVID.
0: Ah, so. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, I go, hey, guess what? We got his A1C back. It's 5.6. And he goes, uh-huh, and walks away from you and doesn't share his. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. No, his is
1: his is usually good.
0: Yeah. I was going to say because this is not a race. But if it was, that would mean you're winning, just so you know. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs>
0: well, you're in a For really sure. interesting situation because you said something earlier about like, you know, you're married. You know, you can't tell people what to do. Like the worst, the, the best you can do is... I don't know how other people do it. I wait for a moment that seems like this is the moment that would least lead to some sort of a disagreement, and then I drop in what I think and run away <laughs> and, uh, and hope that a couple of days later it resonated and stuck with somebody. And I- I'll tell you, I've been married a long time, not as long as you, but pretty close actually. I think I'm 25 years this summer, maybe. I guess I should find that out. Yeah. Um, but, a- but a pretty long time. And I just think one of the things I've learned is you don't get to tell other people how to think. And even when they're kids, it only works till they're maybe 12 or 13. And then they just pretend to listen to you for the last six or seven years. And then they're like, they take your money for college and they run away. That's it.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. You were talking about um, about raising adult children a little bit in an episode I was listening to recently. And I thought, yep. That's about what it is yeah. that they they are not their brains are not fully developed, but they—they <laughs> they think they are.
0: Yeah, they don't know it. It's like <laughs>
1: it's like it's like
0: asking an unstable person, "Are you unstable?" They're going to go, "No, of course not. I'm—I've got this all." Listen, the internet is full of people who think they're making sense. <laughs> you can see it happen right in front of you, uh, and that's for it goes for anybody really. You just it, 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 growing up is is super interesting because I try to tell my kids. Right now, in this moment, you are as smart and as strong as you've ever been in your entire life. And it is completely impossible for you to believe that there's more for you to learn. And next year, you will look back on this person who you are now and go, oh, that guy was an idiot. You know, but you're an idiot now, too. You just need to live another year to find out. So
1: that's a a really good perspective. Yeah, yeah. it's a good way to look at it. It's just,
0: And there's no way to tell anybody that. And honestly, I don't know if you'd want someone to know that because then you'd strip away all their self-confidence.
1: You do it's not true.
0: want somebody standing around going, I'm dumb and I don't know what's going on. And in a year, I'll prove that because then that's like, you know what I mean? Then that, that you're, I don't know. Do you ever meet somebody who's like, I don't know, like pretty, but doesn't think they are? Or, you know, you know, or somebody who's been told that they need to lose weight, but they don't. They spend their whole life thinking, I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing. And before you know it, it's the end of your life and you just yeah. missed everything, you know? So. It brings up problems and at the same time it's uh it's the way things work, so you've got your son for a little while longer to put him in a in a in a frame of mind and then then you're just trying to keep the tiger from getting out of the cage before he leaves the house i would think right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. managing uh, a a thirteen year old twelve thirteen year is it is hard though like i I got a little perspective when he was first diagnosed of what it's like before they just before their,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Before their numbers are just crazy and puberty and all the it's it is uh, unbelievable how unpredictable it is every day. Yeah,
2: I,
0: and yeah. it's diabetes. And to be honest, if it, you know because you have a thousand kids, if it wasn't diabetes, everything's unpredictable and difficult too. Yeah. Cole and I stood at a baseball field eight months ago, where he was trying to figure out this little thing about his swing, and I was saying one thing, and he was certain it wasn't that, and. You might have thought we were fighting over global dominance. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was it was the most intense conversation I've ever had in, in my life with a person over when his foot was landing. Like, that literally is what we were talking about. Like, is your foot coming down later than you think it is? I, I, they, they've had equal conversations at the UN about human rights. Like, it really... <laughs> It was, it, and you're, and you're standing there, and there is that person inside of you is like, I have more, like, perspective, and so you can kind of like step back from it a little bit. But you're like, there's no way to infer this to them, and COVID's really taught me that too, because, here's the thing about this year. COVID's terrible, and it appears to be killing specific people who get it, and I'm um, a big proponent of the idea that we need to vaccinate population and move forward and everything, and I'm. I, I think it's a, a million percent scary and real and all that stuff. None of that changes the fact that two years from now, you're going to be going like, remember COVID? Y- you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and kids don't have that perspective. So they're stuck in this time where someone told them stay inside. Or you're going to kill your grandmother, stay inside, or you're going to get sick. Do you want to grow a unicorn horn three years from now? Because that could happen. <laughs> we don't know. And, and the ones who take it seriously are, it's overwhelming. Like it's seriously overwhelming because they when you're younger you lack that piece in your brain that goes all right I'll do these things and this will be over at some point like I'm watching I'm watching people younger people think this is the rest of life like I'm going to live in my bedroom for the rest of time and I'm like that's not what's happening you know
1: yeah i like um it. for sure the perspective yes i i will say my kids have been in school and out of school and in school and out of school so in utah we went back in the fall mm-hmm. um, we don't go on Fridays and there's a, there's a percentage of kids. If, if the certain percentage is reached, then they send all the kids home for two weeks and they do online school for two weeks and then they go back. Right. So that's how it started anyway in the fall. Now they actually test to stay is what they call it, where they test them they test the whole school, all the faculty, everyone in one day and anyone who's positive goes home. And then they can reset the number to zero because they know that there are zero people that have COVID in the school that day. And then they start collecting numbers again of kids who have it. And then the number goes up, but I can't remember. Oh, this is why I was saying it. So I think my older kids are mostly pretty adjusted. They're not super afraid of COVID. Um, we know a lot of people who've had it. One, my daughter had it, mm-hmm. um, but my nine-year-old, anytime he hears that someone has it, it's this, like, oh no! Or, it, it's a he's terrified, right. and we have to sit down and say, okay, it's not terrifying people you know people that have had it everyone you know is doing okay like we are we are lucky that we don't i don't know anyone personally who's died from COVID, but i do think perspective wise especially these little like elementary kids who go to school with masks all day yeah they're gonna have some ptsd a little from that this yeah it's a
0: shame because i mean first of all it's obvious that everyone's life is equally important it just obvious that's obvious right um but we stopped saying, you know, overwhelmingly, here are the groups that it's impacting, because I guess that felt um I don't know. It's it seemed to feel wrong. Like I remember the first time I heard someone say out loud, Oh, it's okay because it's only affecting these groups. I was like, Oh, that's not right. Like, don't no. say that. And and it it's and so in I think in a way to protect anyone from having those thoughts, because I also see how that could go wrong you know what i mean like i can also see how like a whole group of 20 30 40 year olds would be like hey guess what it's not for not going to hurt me so and then it hurts everybody like i get the whole global versus personal perspectives but yeah i just think that um in an unavoidable scenario which this obviously is some people just didn't have the tools to get through it and it's not just kids there's some adults who don't have the the tools to get through it like i mean i i told my son the other day i'm like here's one thing I know for certain this is going to end. And could you get COVID still? You could, but you know, the same way I think about everything else, like I could die in a car accident, but I still drive my car and I'm sure that there's a place I could live where the air would be cleaner. And there's, I mean, there's some risk that comes with being alive and you just mitigate the best you can and you, and you go live your life, you know? And if you are the 29 year old guy who gets COVID and, And, you know, and it kills you. That's really terrible. But it's just as bad as if you were to me, it's not much worse than sitting in the house the whole life being scared. So I mean, I don't know what kind of life that is either. You got to take a chance sometimes. Um, And and I think we're getting that I think the vaccine is going to build up. It's funny, this will go out long after it happens. But my personal thought is, it's March now, they're going to Ship a ton of vaccine in the next thirty days. It's going to get delivered pretty quickly. I'm thinking spring is when you see things kind of begin to open back up again. And uh, I hope so. Yeah, that seems to be the vibe yeah. to me. But we'll see. My what mom happens.
1: has the vaccine, so I she. My mom and well, and my dad's doing the Johnson and Johnson trial, so he's had the one, but he doesn't know if it was real or not. But I, she is finally like, maybe we could get together as a family now.
0: So, yeah, well, Jay yeah. and Jay's just got emergency approval the other day.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah. So yeah. your dad needs to call up that site and say, hey, do I have it or not? Do I
1: have it or not? Yeah. And yeah. by the way, if
0: I don't, I helped you out. Where's mine?
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Which I'm
0: not sure if that's how it works, but it should uh, if <laughs> yeah. it if it doesn't. All right. So a um, couple last things and I won't keep you too much longer. You um, your son's doing well, you're managing well, you listen to the podcast. you're probably aggressive and, you know, changing your settings and stuff like that. But I still want to know, like, what, what are the tools that led to, I mean, your son's got a great A1C. So what are the tools that led to that? What, what do you think is the most important thing about managing insulin? Uh,
1: well, understanding how it works. And that's what, what you say, right? Yeah. Not being afraid of hypos. And, and we go back and forth here because his settings change so often, um, just two weeks ago. He went really high one night after pizza up in the 300s, which really hardly ever happens. And I mean, we fought and fought and fought to get that down and couldn't. And so the next day, it was still way higher than it normally is. And so I, I made a override called Double Down and literally put in 200% insulin. So he's getting 100% more basil all the time than he would need. And I'm thinking... There's no way that, but let's just, I don't know. And so I did it and he needed that much insulin for four days, wow. 200% what he had needed before.
0: That, and that's and through, then that's through a pod change too, right? Like, so there's different. Yeah. Well, we, so
1: we changed the pod at the beginning of it yeah. because I thought, well, maybe it's just that. Um, but yeah, even through, it was very strange. And then, and he never got sick. Like, maybe, I'm like, maybe you're sick. Maybe you're. And then it went down and then maybe two days ago, he started riding really high again and we did it again. And he has needed that much insulin for the last two days. Wow. Again,
0: Actually, I've um, recently been using that that looping trick to, uh, to like crush a high. I've started to notice like mm-hmm. a sticky blood sugar in like the 160, 180 range. If you do an override and just double it for not long either, like, I've, I found like a half an hour can can cut like like a quick 60 points out of it. There's a, a lot of different ways to manipulate insulin to get it to do what you want it yeah. to do. In its spot. So
1: you are are you using, like, am I allowed to ask you about Loop? Sure, yeah. Okay. Are you, you're using autobolus, yes. is that right? Yeah. Do you use it 100% of the time or it's do you al- switch back and forth? No,
0: it's always on. Um, and I guess technically we're not using Loop anymore. We're using that other version of it. Which is APS,
1: maybe? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So that's the. I think there's two. To, I don't know. I literally just let Kenny tell me what to do.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like, which so one?
1: So I we auto bollist, but usually if his numbers are really good when he's going to bed, I'll swap it over to auto basil for the night. Okay. While he's sleeping, um, it tends to keep him just a little more steady. All right. Auto bolus because it's a little more aggressive he'll kind of pop up and down a little. The range will be a little bit bigger.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's settings or not. Arden's like super stable overnight. So um, like last night, there was like a, we used, we had pizza. I made homemade pizza. So I made pizza. And earlier in the day, she had something else with a lot of carbs in it. And then she had a compression low. So we're sitting around at the end of the night. I've got her blood sugar at 90 after pizza. And I was like, I win. And then like, it's starting to go down. And I and she's like, oh, I'm getting low. She goes, don't worry. I'd be happy to get an ice cream cone. And she starts walking through the house. And I'm like, I think this is a compressional. I don't really think you're low. And she goes, too late.
2: <laughs> I was oh. like, okay.
0: So I got a little behind the ice cream cone because there was no pre-bolus, uh, which caught us up into like that 165 range. And I had to push it back down. It took me a couple of hours to... To overcome not pre-bolusing the ice cream.
1: Okay. So that was one of my friends that I mentor, talked to, whatever, about it. She's like, hey, I, I need an accurate picture here. So when you say a couple hours to fight that because you missed the pre-bolus, what do her numbers look like in that range?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to think, I, I think it's about three hours in total. Okay. And it went from 90. I stayed ahead of it for a little while then the food overwhelmed not having a pre-bolus she was up in the 175 range that came back to 165 i looked at it for a second realized this isn't going to work um did an override and then brought it back down again like that's what happened in that like three hour three or four three
1: and it took a three four hour period okay yeah yeah i mean that's kind of how it works over here but i always wonder like is it faster for him or, you know, like yeah. I, you just wonder, no, um, no. and here's, go ahead. I was
0: just going to say like, I did it the way I did it because it was bedtime. If it was in the middle of the day, I might've opened the loop and like crushed her and then caught it again. But so time of day yeah. had something to do with why I did what I did too. Cause I wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't open loop often. Um, but I have started to think recently, like, you you need to use that tool a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Um, During
0: the day, I would have done it like that because I was trying to go to sleep. Like, what I wanted to be sure of was that her blood sugar was going to go down and that I was going to go to sleep. Those are the yeah. two things that I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. And I can pull it up and look to see.
1: Oh, no. That, I mean, no, that's no, no, good. We're just... sitting here.
0: Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she came down. The fall took... It took a little longer than I thought, to be perfectly honest. So the process that I went through took three or four hours. It still took another hour or so for her to come down the, the okay. all all the way. And then overnight, she was, you know, 106-ish. And then this morning decided she wanted hot cocoa,
1: hmm.
0: which is That's like crushes her. And she likes it to be right. extra chocolatey. So it's a packet oh. and a half of hot cocoa awesome. in, in like this much water. Uh, and then she's like, it gets too hot. So then she dumps milk into it. So it's milk, mm-hmm. a packet, a of half of cocoa. And she's running around like in between classes. Like I need this now. So there's not nearly enough pre So we, the cocoa took her to 150, Um, but we used enough in the bolus. so it didn't have to be recorrected. It took care of it on its own. She's 83 now, but that, that's all happened over about the last two hours. Yeah. So
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think she might've chased a couple of potato chips with that cocoa too. Okay, so a very weird eater.
1: I, I fought a cinnamon roll last night for a few hours.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> you yeah. feel like you're in a, an old 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie trying to kill, right? a, to kill a dragon or something. I fought, yep. I fought a cinnamon roll. See, that's a good it. title for your episode.
1: Yeah. There you go. I okay, here's my other question. I have one more.
0: Okay, because I saw it's, o-
1: it's It's an omnipod question. Mm-hmm. So, we have found, and I've read a bunch of stuff that. If, when I give really a lot of insulin at once, then I get occlusions. So like we limit to three, but I want it to be more than that. Do, Wait, do you what, limit it? Three with, units? Yeah. Like at a time.
0: I mean, Arden's bolus for the hot cocoa was 12, I think.
1: And you put it all in at once. in yeah. occlusion problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We don't see a lot of occlusions. So. Yes. so. I mean, you you have to be careful because there's a lot of anecdotal information floating around in the world. Yeah. You know, like this happened to me. So this must be what happened. I try so hard to just say, like, you Mm know, somebody puts a pencil in their pocket and robs a bank. Some people see that and say pencils cause bank robbery. Like it just is how people like minds work. They're like it's so the place you see it more frequently than not is people who go from MDI to a pump don't use nearly enough basal insulin during the switch, mostly probably because the doctor dialed it back on them. uh, Their blood sugar goes up. And the first thing they think is the pump doesn't work. Not that we didn't use enough insulin. It's fat. It's fat. It's just how people's minds work. So I'm not saying that it can't happen, that some people don't keep their boluses lower, but I've seen people say that. And then I've seen people not say it's the interesting thing about being around one space in the internet for so many years. What you learn to realize is that there are no, there's no ebbs and flows. It's just, It happens to somebody, somebody says it out loud, that question gets taken seriously online. And then all of a sudden, there's 100 people who believe that that's some sort of a rule. Like, do you ever see people who get online and say, hey, uh, uh, is anyone else's Dexcom server down?
2: Oh, All the
1: time. And I'm
0: like, "That's (laughs) that's not what this is. Like, you just, you know, something happened on your end. But it's amazing that the thought is like, well, my, I don't have a signal. The rest of the world must not have one either.
1: Yeah, well, it did happen that one time. One time, and, yes. And it just happened to be, I think, like two weeks after we started the Dexcom. And so we were completely confused and lost and did the whole delete off your phone and, and then yeah. we're, had it go be gone for longer. And the, the,
0: the point thing, is, but. is that prior to that one thing happening, no one <laughs> in the history of Dexcom ever asked that question out loud online. And now it's constant. The minute they lose their signal for a second, they're like, the server's down. I'm like, "Mm, it happened. Dexcom has got to have been a company for a decade now. It happened one time. And they're like, this is the rule. This is what happens. I'm like, oh, they just happened to be online that day and have been really impacted by it. So now it's one of the things they think of first. Um, You told me you have a theory on why... um, I might be Mormon, big in the church. Why are so
1: many Mormons, yeah. Mormons that listen?
2: Go ahead. What is it?
1: Um, well, my theory is, and it's probably not right, but... So, do you have the Nextdoor app? Do you have that? Have you no, ever heard of that? I have no idea what that is. So, people have an app. It's called Nextdoor, and it like connects you with the people that live in your neighborhood. Okay. And they'll write things like, what's that really loud noise? Or, my truck got broken into last night. Everybody watch your cards Mm -hmm. or whatever like that. It connects people with the neighborhood. It gives them a forum to spread, spread information. Okay. So as a Mormon, we have small congregations, not like, I mean, I grew up in Virginia. Almost all my friends were Catholic. I would go to mass with them and they didn't know the other people at mass. Mm -hmm. Right. It was just people that come to mass at the same time. We go with a specific group of people to church every Sunday. Okay. Uh, it's different with COVID. but um, So we have like a built-in community and anywhere you live in the world. So in Virginia, I had one. In Utah, there's a gajillion of them, and they're really a small area Where where I lived in Virginia was a bigger area to have enough Mormons in that area to make up what we call a ward or a mm-hmm. congregation. So we have access to disseminating information because we, we have close-knit groups of people. And then those groups then have a bigger subgroup that all meet together twice a year or whatever. So okay. in that way, we just have... So I knew immediately when these four women in my neighborhood had diagnoses because I know them intimately because they are in my congregation gotcha then they know people in other congregations who also have it and then disseminate that information so we do we have a little bit um we have a community a built-in community a little bit more than maybe other people
0: have. I see. okay
1: that's my theory
0: all right i'm good with that i just like i don't know if, oh. the first time i was like that's cool the third time i was like huh the 10th time i thought <laughs> what is happening <laughs> I, there's a, there's a moment when it is, and I, I said recently, I'm sure that there's been as many, you know, Baptists on the show as, you know, Mormons, except there's no way to like, when a Baptist tells you that how many kids they have, you can't go, oh yeah, what'd you say? Did you say seven? (laughs) And like, so there's no, like, there's no lead into the idea. It's, it's, you know, so now I've just become like comically or comedically uh, focused on the idea that I, I wonder when this all ends what the number will be that I get to eventually.
1: I, t- I tried to Google, like, are there more diabetics in Utah? All of those things for you to there's see not, if I can figure it out better. And no, there's it's just no.
0: communication. Some person said recently, too, that I was talking to, um, that the community is just generally focused on helping other people, too. Yeah. So she said to me, your podcast clearly does that. So it kind of follows the vibe. And which is hilarious. Not hilarious, but it's interesting because I'm not um, – religious or even particularly spiritual uh but it's interesting how being nice to people and caring about them um it must be so uncommon that it feels very like spiritual i don't know i like to me it just seems yeah. obvious like to help other people I, that, that seems very obvious to me um i did something on friday night that took up my friday evening and I helped a you know small group of maybe 120 people online. And um, I felt like invigorated by it. Like it felt good to me. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. That. So everybody, if you want to feel better, like do something nice for somebody else. Don't ask anything in return. Don't give a crap if they're the same political leaning as you or anything like that. Like just go do something nice for somebody. There are sometimes people come into like the private Facebook group and I'll see them. Like you can kind of see their life on Facebook in a split second. And I think, oh, my God, if this person, like, like we couldn't possibly be any more different. You know what I mean? And then they get in yeah. there and wrapped around diabetes, it doesn't matter. It's, it just doesn't matter. So, all right. Well, thank you. For sure. I appreciate that. Um, did we miss anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't bring up?
1: I don't think so. They're all right? Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, I want to wish you luck with your nursing program. It's very cool Thank that you. it's accelerated. I'm assuming, I just imagine like hungry people all over your house because you're busy now.
1: Well, I mean, I like I said, I only have four left and two are in high school and then one in middle school and one in elementary.
0: They can feed themselves?
1: Mostly they can feed themselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My son told me, Uh, Very famously in my house uh, when I wrote a book about being a stay-at-home dad that, uh, ironically, I had never been a worse father than I was the year I was writing a book about being a stay-at-home dad. (laughs) He said you just ignored us. And I was like, it's hard to write a book. It it wasn't easy. Making a podcast is much easier. Um, Anyway, thank you very much. Can you hold on one second for me?
2: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm
0: just going to hit. First, of course, a huge thank you to Double M's. What's up, Melanie? Thanks for coming on the show. I'd also like to thank Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise, and remind you that you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash right now. Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. I also would like to thank the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor for all the things that it does for my daughter and for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast dexcom.com forward slash juice box support the sponsors support the show and support your health thank you so much for listening i'll be back soon with another episode of the juice box podcast